Welcome to Love's Last Call with Evangelist Carol Ann of Agape Light Ministries. Please open your hearts to hear an anointed message that will encourage and empower you to walk in the love and light of God's Word. Beloved, on the heels of all roads lead to Rome, we are going to begin our coverage of Chrislam under the title of Chrislam, Rome, and the Harlot of Revelation 17. And as the facts unfold with credible confirmation, I believe that Holy Spirit, light and truth, will shine illumination upon the darkened connection between Roman Catholicism and Islam, and the ecumenical one-world religion of the Antichrist that is being dressed and readied for him as an adulterous bride being readied to serve her husband. Remember that Lucifer has a counterfeit for everything that is true in God. Therefore, as the genuine blood-bought church is the bride of Christ, the religious harlot, which will be comprised of every deadly and false way known to man, will serve as the bride of the Antichrist, but only for the first three and a half years of the tribulation period. Because while Lord Jesus, the one and only true Christ and Savior of the world, loves and deeply cares for his bride, the Antichrist will have no love whatsoever for the harlot. At the midpoint of the tribulation, after he has used her to gain the worship of the world through the beguiling persuasions of the false prophet, she will be destroyed. The harlot is really only a decoy that Lucifer has been preparing since the Garden of Eden. It is a darkened and deadly counterfeit to the unadulterated word of God's truth that reveals the true gospel of Jesus Christ and salvation's eternal life promise that can only be realized in him. And once the world is readied and primed for the man-exalting and seductive platitudes of the harlot, Lucifer will, through his Antichrist, reach for what he has always lusted for, and that is to replace the genuine Messiah of God and to reign in his place. The Antichrist will enter the Holy of Holies and blasphemously declare that he is God. But it will be Lucifer, who has completely possessed this man of lawlessness, who will be seething in this prideful and longed-for moment. That is why, since the beginning, under the mantle of his descriptive title, Satan, which means God's adversary, Lucifer has attempted to destroy Israel and her Messiah and he is still violently attempting to do so today. It all began with God's covenant promise to Israel, and it will end with his promise to Israel fulfilled. For no weapon that is formed against her shall prosper. And soon and very soon, at his second coming, Lord Jesus the Christ will set his feet on the Mount of Olives, and he will wield his final victory over all of Israel's enemies. And there is so much more that we could cover, such as the rapture which will happen before the tribulation period begins, the horrors of the tribulation itself, the Antichrist and the false prophet being cast into the lake of fire, Lucifer being thrown into the bottomless pit for a thousand years, and the reign of Jesus Christ, the King of kings and Lord of lords, for that millennial period. 
but for the purpose of this study, we will return to our coverage of Chrislam, which is playing a vital role in the prophetic realities that are leading up to the grand climax of all that is held within God's prophetic word of truth. In a commentary written by God Questions entitled, What is Chrislam? They write, Chrislam is an attempt to synchronize Christianity with Islam. While it officially began in Nigeria in the 1980s, Chrislamic ideas have spread throughout much of the world. The essential concept of Chrislam is that Christianity and Islam are compatible, and that one can be a Christian and a Muslim at the same time. Chrislam is not an actual religion of its own, but a blurring of the differences and distinctions between Christianity and Islam. Advocates of Chrislam point to facts such as Jesus being mentioned 25 times in the Quran, or Christianity and Islam having similar teachings on morals and ethics. Chrislam is viewed by some as the solution for the ongoing conflict between the Western world, which is, and I add, superficially, predominantly Christian, and the Middle East, which is predominantly Muslim, end quote. This demonic and lying persuasion is not being touted by these two bedfellows alone. It is, in fact, the thread that is woven into the tapestry of the ecumenical agenda of the one-world religion of the Antichrist. That is drawing all faiths together as one, under the mantle of the dignity of man, social justice, and peace for a turbulent world. And perhaps the most frightening part is that some of the most notable people who are recognized as Christian leaders are joining the Chrislam ranks. A striking and alarming example is a common word between us and you, which was an open letter written to Pope Benedict XVI in 2007 by Muslim clerics. On the Common Word website, they write, a common word was launched on October 13, 2007, as an open letter signed by 138 leading Muslim scholars and intellectuals to the leaders of the Christian churches and denominations all over the world, including Pope Benedict XVI. In essence, it proposes that Islam and Christianity share at their core the twin golden commandments of the paramount importance of loving God and loving the neighbor. Based on this joint common ground, it is presented here as an interfaith theological document which calls for peace and harmony between Christians and Muslims worldwide. Since the launch of a common word, Hundreds of Muslim and Christian scholars, leaders, and intellectuals have approved and commented on the initiative, including the Pope and many Grand Muftis. Since the launch of ACW five years ago, several major events that brought together some of the most revered scholars from within Islam and Christianity have been organized. These events have led to joint declarations, the establishment of institutes, and much more. Many top universities have developed courses, programs, and conferences based around a common word principles, including Cambridge, Yale, Georgetown, and many others. Hundreds of articles, carried by thousands of press outlets, have been written about a common word in English alone, making it perhaps the most covered interfaith initiative ever. 
a common word has received numerous awards and has been the basis for many resolutions and peace initiatives, and gave birth to the UN World Interfaith Harmony Week. End quote. Beloved, there were almost 300 Christian signatories to a common word between us and you, from every recognized denomination including the late Robert H. Schuller, who stood on the same platform as Sheikh al-Habib at Yale University, where they together promoted a common word between us and you, as well as Bill Hybels, Brian McLaren, and Rick Warren. And in fact, Bill Hybels and Rick Warren were also signers of the open letter written in response to a common word between us and you by scholars at Yale Divinity School Center for Faith and Culture, and which was endorsed by approximately 300 other Christian theologians and leaders as well. The people who signed this letter of response asked forgiveness from our Rahim, the All-Merciful One, a name for Allah, for sins committed against Muslims in the Crusades and the War on Terror. As you read through the response of this letter, it becomes evident that the authors and endorsers of the letter believe that the God of Islam and the God of Christianity are the same. They quoted both Muhammad and Jesus while presenting them with what appear to be equal authority and respect. And to understand more about the UN World Interfaith Harmony Week, which is an offshoot of a common word, and a vital part of the ecumenical one-world religion of the Antichrist, we will go to their website where they write. The World Interfaith Harmony Week was first proposed at the UN General Assembly on September 23, 2010, by His Majesty King Abdullah II of Jordan. Just under a month later, on October 20, 2010, it was unanimously adopted by the UN and henceforth, the first week of February, will be observed as a World Interfaith Harmony Week. The World Interfaith Harmony Week is based on the pioneering work of A Common Word. This initiative, which started in 2007, called for Muslims and Christians to engage in a dialogue based on two common fundamental religious commandments, love of God and love of the neighbor without nevertheless compromising any of their own religious beliefs. The two commandments are at the heart of the three monotheistic religions and therefore provide the most solid theological ground possible. The World Interfaith Harmony Week extends the two commandments by adding love of the good and love of the neighbor. This formula includes all people of good will. It includes those of other faiths and those with no faith. The World Interfaith Harmony Week provides a platform one week in a year when all interfaith groups and other groups of goodwill can show the world what a powerful movement they are. The thousands of events organized by these groups often go unnoticed not only by the general public, but by other groups themselves. This week will allow for these groups to become aware of each other's efforts. It is hoped that this initiative will provide a focal point from which all people of goodwill can recognize that the common values that they hold far outweigh the differences that they have.
and thus provide a strong dosage of peace and harmony to their communities. The official World Interfaith Harmony Week resolution is ratified as follows. Recognition of the imperative need for dialogue among different faiths and religions in enhancing mutual understanding, harmony, and cooperation among people. Recalling with appreciation various global, regional, and sub-regional initiatives on mutual understanding and interfaith harmony, including the Tripartite Forum on Interfaith Cooperation for Peace and the Initiative of a Common Word. Recognizing that the moral imperatives of all religions, convictions, and beliefs call for peace, tolerance, and mutual understanding, the World Interfaith Harmony Week Initiative reaffirms that mutual understanding and interreligious dialogue constitute important dimensions of a culture of peace, proclaims the first week of February of every year the World Interfaith Harmony Week between all religions faiths, and beliefs, encourages all states to support on a voluntary, and I adhere, beloved, for now, basis, the spread of the message of interfaith harmony and goodwill in the world's churches, mosques, synagogues, temples, and other places of worship during that week, based on the love of God and the love of one's neighbor, or on the love of good and the love of one's neighbor each according to their own religious traditions or convictions, and request the Secretary-General to keep the General Assembly informed of the implementation of the present resolution, end quote. Beloved, I believe that the answer to the question of how will so many diverse religions and belief systems all join together to become embodied in a one-world religion has been provided. They will be brought together under the guise of love of good, love of neighbor, and peace for a better world, especially as the world teeters on the threat of an earth-annihilating war, while being told that they will still have the freedom to worship their own entities in their own ways. That is, until the Antichrist reveals that they have been lied to, and that he alone will be worshipped by all under the penalty of death. And this is where we must pause for today. In our next segment, we will pick up with the Abrahamic family house, how it was birthed, and how it is another arm of the interfaith efforts that are moving the world closer to the one-world religion of the Antichrist, and more importantly, drawing the born-again offspring of Lord Jesus the Christ ever closer to the rapture of His true Church. And until we come together again, I leave you with John, chapter 1 and verses 5 and 12. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name. And as always, beloved, I bid you his agape. You've been listening to Love's Last Call with Evangelist Carol Ann of Agape Light Ministries. If you have a prayer request, please contact us at Agape Light Ministries, P.O. Box 6313, Chesterfield, Missouri, 63006, or via our website at www. 
www.agapelightministries.com. Again, that's www.agapelightministries.com.